Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Craft Brood Sports Cincinnati Style. This is the show where we take you deep inside Cincinnati sports, Bengals, Reds, UC, Xavier, whatever. I am Mike, with me as always is Scott. Joe is behind the computer there. Uh, Scott, are you ready to tap this keg of Cincinnati sports knowledge? I like it as much as I like the chili. (laughs) Which I enjoy the chili, so I'm here for it. Let's do this. Good. Joe, how you feeling this week, man? What to do, baby? <laughs> I love when Joe busts out the what to do, baby. <laughs> it's Good my stuff. favorite. It's my favorite. Uh, this is Craft Root Sports Cincinnati Style, and as always, Craft Root Sports Cincinnati Style is brought to you by Minuteman Tickets. Everybody, football is back, and there's only one spot you should be heading to get your college football or NFL tickets, and that's Minuteman Tickets. We love them. They're Ohio guys, they're sports fans, and they're not going to screw you over like other ticketing places. And not just football, they got it all. Baseball, hockey, theater, rib cook-offs, it doesn't matter. Hit them up, MinutemanTickets.com, or give them a call, 614-943-3000, and avoid all of the fees. That's 614-943-3000. Tell them you heard about them right here on Craft Food Sports Cincinnati Style. Scott. Oh, this weekend. Yeah, it didn't cost you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the one who was wrong about the spread, so, you know. In the regular show, uh, Scott did pick the the Bills to cover, and they did not cover. So I guess that's one thing that we can hang our hat on. The Bengals Bengals covered the spread. Against the spread, we got the W, baby. (laughs) We're going to get into that Bengals-Bills game. We're also going to preview this uh, Bengals-Pittsburgh game coming up here on Monday Night Football. Boy, the NFL has got to be really disappointed that that's their Monday night game this week. Well, and I talked about it with a couple of different people. How often this early in the year, especially, 
does the NFL find themselves with two over teams on a Monday night football matchup? You know, not like an O and one too, but two teams, right? O and three, right? On a Monday night football game, like I'd, I'd it be can't, cur- it can't have happened, to right? Like, I'd be curious to see how often that's happened. Yeah, definitely not very often. We're also going to talk some uh, some Reds baseball and Marty hanging up the microphone for the last time, uh, an end of an era, if you will. Uh, and that's yeah. really the only thing to talk about with Reds baseball because, <laughs> good Lord, that's been awful too lately. Uh, and then we're going to talk UC football. There's at least some bright spot because they got Marshall coming up this week. There's hope. UCF coming in uh, next week after falling to pit. So there are all kinds <laughs> to un- unpack in the uh, American this week. Let's get right into this Bengals game and talk the disappointment that happened in Buffalo this week. I Okay, so the the first half was one of the most pitiful excuses for football I have ever seen in my life. The Bengals offense was complete garbage. Frank Gore, who is 112 years old, ran all over that team. Uh, I mean, they couldn't stop anything on defense. I feel like Buffalo was able to just no, move. No, you're wrong. Oh, okay. That first half is <laughs> That first you're half wrong. isn't I like as bad. I just shuts me down, right? No, you're because wrong. that first half wasn't as bad as everybody thought it was. Everybody wanted to say, well, you know, the offense looked bad, and that meant that the team didn't show up. But I actually saw a team that, you know, they only gave up 14 points in that first half. That's- but how much of that was Buffalo shooting themselves in the foot? With dumb penalty or dumb turnovers, like penalties that stalled out a drive, like I feel like. But I mean, that's still it, it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the the first half, all you can do is look at the scoreboard and say, "Are we still in this game?" It's fourteen points. The Bills had to, you know, get a two point conversion and they kicked two field goals. I mean, most that's teams fair. Will, most teams I mean, that's fair. That if you said at at halftime of any given NFL game, you're going to be down 14, but you know the the opposing team, you know, got a two point conversion and kicked two field goals. Pretty much every team in the NFL would take that. I didn't think they looked bad on you know defense and, and as a team on a whole. It's just the offense was completely non-existent. And it goes to this running game. This running game has got to get going. What running game? That's it. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, this running game, like, Joe Mixon, the offensive line, I don't know what it is, but it has got to, like, materialize and show up, or you're going to see a lot of this because Andy Dalton cannot sit back and pass, you know, their, you know them to victory at any point like I mean he's not that type of quarterback they don't have that type of personnel just an offense in general with with AJ Green out and so if you're asking them to throw their way to victory week in and week out you're going to be disappointed I mean all things considered a 14 point deficit at halftime it should have been a lot worse they they were in a decent position but you know it, it Mix in for him last week to say, hey, you know, come try out and then, you know, be another no show. And at this point, I'm watching the game. In fairness, they did have more rushing yards this week than the, the well, previous two yeah. weeks. So they- but I'm, I'm watching and thinking, OK, this isn't all on the offensive line. Like he's not the same Joe. Man- like, it hasn't clicked for him yet. I don't know what it is. But, you know, if that never gets going, then this is what you're going to see. I think it's it's crazy though that you have an offense that's so inept in the first half and then you flip over to the second half and it was like a totally different team was on the field. Well, and again, the, the third quarter it wasn't. 
it was almost like something clicked at that beginning of the, the fourth quarter where they're just like, all right, well, all these things are going to work. And I felt like they lulled the Bills to sleep a little bit. I think the well, they, Bills I mean, they kind had of the, got back They had that long heels. touchdown drive in the third quarter where Dalton was able to, to run it in and that, for But the that score. was at like the very end of the third quarter. Like, all right. talking the waiting yeah, yeah, minutes. Yeah. Fair enough. That's, that's So fine. for most of the third quarter, again, they were MIA. Like, it was like they Maybe came out that's of the plan. thinking. We're just going to go ahead and, and lay it down and get them. <laughs> 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 yeah, Joe pointing out that it wasn't a long drive at all uh, that scored uh, with Dalton. I, I That was a little bit of hyperbole. I'm sorry, Joe. It's a 22-yard drive. <laughs> well, there you go. I was going to say, I don't remember being a long drive, but okay, it felt like it because no drives it had felt gone. Like be, exactly, yeah. because that was the first they time we had gotten in field goal like, range. First down, <laughs> hell yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the team just, I don't know. You're right. There's no rushing game whatsoever no. from this team. And you're just not going to win. I know this has become a passing league, but you've got to have some sort of running game to detract. Because if teams can just sit back and say, well, this team can't run the ball, we'll just, you know, have eight defenders, you know, in the backfield or whatever, or not in the backfield, but, you know, in the secondary, and we'll just wait for these guys to try to pass it against us. You know, they're one-dimensional. You can't win games like that if there's no threat on the ground. And you, then, can, you can if you have... Mahomes is your quarterback. That's pretty much the only well, thing. Yeah. If you've got Mahomes as your quarterback, it's like go for it. You do. Here's sure. go if ahead got, and draw one up in the sand. In the if you've in the got huddle. one of the most unique players in NFL history right. running your offense, so then that's yes. what we need. <laughs> <laughs> then yes, you're free and clear. Andy yeah. Dalton ain't that guy. I I honestly thought though that when the Bengals started to click, because the the Bills had you know gone to sleep, and I don't know if they felt like they had this one or they just weren't concerned that the Bengals could sustain anything like even after they gave it the first touchdown I was like all right well they got in the end zone but we've got this we've held them to just the one touchdown throw this time that once the the Bengals did start clicking and the bills were scrambling to to get back in order and get back on the board I thought the Bengals had them right where they want them and were going to be able to 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 close things out after after that Buffalo touchdown there was like a minute and 50 some to go in the game the Bengals got the ball back and I actually felt confident right they were I was like this team has been moving the ball they can actually put this together and and honestly that is what I look to as the bright spot of this game the clock management and that two minute drill to end the game was fantastic like they were just sitting back, taking what the defense gave them. They were hitting the slants over the middle. Uh, Dalton was making the right reads. Uh, you had a couple plays where like Erickson was able to get out of bounds uh, and and stop the clock. They preserved that. They had one timeout and had to go the the whole distance. It was like, man, they are gonna do this. This is actually going to happen. And then Dalton throws one over and it's tipped and and that's the end of it. Yeah, I mean, it just it ends unfortunate I, I guess is the best way to, to put it the you know the outcome you're not looking for wins but again it, it's out of the three games so far that they've played this is now the second one it was winnable and there's there's things that you look at and say all right this went well yeah okay the first half on offense and goal but again I still maintain that the defense played well enough throughout the entire game but definitely the first half if it wasn't for the defense, this one could have gotten out of hand like the yeah, San Francisco that's game. True. I think Sam Hubbard had a hell of a game. That dude. He's had a hell of a season so far. Out. I mean, every game, if you look at the stat sheet, Sam Hubbard is right there at the top of it where it's like he is definitely coming to his own. He, you know, he's playing well. He's the 
the lone consistent five solo tackle. Seven tackles, five spot. solo. That's that's great. And he's the the defensive lineman that was right. able to do that. Every the next two highest were secondary guys. No, I mean it's there. There's spots, and the, I mean again, when you're looking at the regime change and 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 them having to get. Taylor's own guys in there and, and weeding guys out that you know are still hanging on from the last regime there, there's going to be this where it's kind of this in between but you're just looking for moments and, and drives and plays and you hope that they can put it all together and string along you know something that will lead to victories but this this to me is what you're again you want W's but it, it feels good after the game because you're like alright they didn't they could have come out been embarrassed again because you know they got embarrassed against san francisco they're going on the road buffalo this is their home opener we know how their fan base is it's rowdy it's loud it's all the things and they didn't get rolled up so you know i know that you don't want moral victories and but again it's just like there's things that you have to point to and say well this is still like things are trending in the right direction are they the uh, yes let me just back up real quick the most disappointing part of this game, there was no crazy stories about Bill's Mafia that came out. Like, I wanted to hear something crazy, but there was nothing. Like, normally there's some crazy story that comes out and if Bill's Mafia does something, like, I... You know what they're going to do next week when the Bills play the Patriots? No, they're, they're going to bring back their old, their old reliable <laughs> when the Somebody Patriots throw a table. Uh, well, yeah, that and uh, <laughs> things on the field. Things are getting tossed oh, on the field because <laughs> oh, the Pats are coming into the town. sex toys are coming out in Buffalo. I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. But there's nothing that they, that came out. I, I was like, oh man, the Bills home opener. This maybe is they're just be. saving it for. Maybe that's it. They were looking past. The Bills Mafia was looking past the Bengals. <laughs> the Bills Mafia was. But no, I mean, I just, I feel like uh, that, you know, that this team, that the, there's going to be a lot of this where it's, they come up short, but you, you feel good about them. You know, I, we aren't done this season where I, I think they've got at least two more ugly games in them where if they're just you're going to be like oh wow they didn't show up on either side of the ball and they just got yeah. blown out and handled because that's just where they're at in, in in their redevelopment and their rebuilding but the more games that they have like this the better you should feel going into next season and through you know this like this whole regime change like at the end of the year you look back on you're going to look back on it and look at the whole season and say all right did Zach Taylor, was he able to improve this team throughout? Did they make strides? Where do they look like it? You know, after three games, you're not saying, well, this is a total wash or this is great. You're just looking for signs in the right direction. And I think they, they've given that to the fan base through three games. Does it weird you out that Zach Taylor doesn't wear a hat or a visor on the sidelines? No. It super weirds me out, man. <laughs> like, I can't I can't get past it. And the whole time I'm watching that game with Sunday. his boy McVay. I mean, but that's McVay what, yeah, doesn't it, wear anything either. But at least McVay has, like, the finely quaffed hair. Zach Taylor just has, like, the mop <laughs> on the top. I'm like, dude, cover that up. And maybe it's just jealousy because he's got a ton of hair and I got nothing left. But I get so mad. I'm like... Put something on your head, man, or style your hair, do something. You look weird, bro. Got no time. No time. <laughs> All business, baby. It was the weirdest. I, I just, I know McVay. Are there any other coaches that aren't wearing visors or hats? Uh, Bill. Bill will wear a visor every once in a while, right? Bill Belichick? No. Yeah, no. he'll wear a visor. No. no. He'll, put, the, he'll, he'll put, put his put hood up. up. He does yeah. put the hood up. That counts. Uh, on I'm rainy days. That. Sh- Shanahan doesn't wear anything either. Oh, Shanahan doesn't? No. 
Yeah. Is that a young guy thing? Are young coaches just getting rid of the visors? Millennials and their no hats and everything, <laughs> ruining everything. Uh, there's actually a lot that was made of Zach Taylor in this Bills game because that last play on the he interception lost his mind. loses his stuff, going crazy, calling for a safety on that one, and everybody's like, "Dude, you got to know the rules. What a rookie mistake! Come on, what are you doing? I'm all about that. Shoot your shot, baby. Like." What's the worst that could happen is it doesn't... Tell, I was going to say, they tell you that you're not right about the rule. Right, yeah, that's like the worst thing that could happen. At best, maybe they go back and look at it, and they're and like, they look, Actually, I was going to say, they blow calls every down in the NFL, so the, the the chance that you just lose your mind and it influences them one way or the other is pretty high, so right. might as well. Go for it, man. But that's where I feel like he's missing out on not having a hat, because it really emphasizes the point to throw the hat down and get really fired up. You gotta, you gotta toss that hat on the field and really stick your... Fo- he didn't give himself up, and then you throw the hat and then they're like, alright, we'll we, look at it we again. We were gonna call a safety, but uh, he didn't throw down his hat, so we felt confident in our call. It was it, The play stood. <laughs> I think that was the discussion with me. Well, now the other weird thing about this, you know, the season so far is you've got two road games. They're competitive and could have won both road games. Can't got do anything blo- at home. Got blown at home. <laughs> and okay, it's small sample size, one game at home. But I think that this team, because of the way that the home fans reacted in that San Francisco game, I think we're going to see that this is going to be a theme this year that the team is just going to play better on the road just because road there's warriors. there's well there's less pressure. Because if they, you know, in that first half, could you imagine if they'd gone into this first half, it, it, that was the same way here? If it was fourteen to nothing, Bengals, and you know, Bills in Cincinnati, people would have been be booing. booing. They'd they would have be been down on them. To be Guy, yeah, guys would have been yep. leaving. I think that this team, just because of the nature of you know the the coaching change and the way everything is, we're just going to end up seeing this where they play better on the road. It'll be be inexplicable because, you know, in the NFL it's traditionally, you know, that, you know, you have home field advantage and all that. But they'll just play better on the road because there's less pressure and they don't feel that, you know, need to appeal to these fans off, you know, what they do from down to down, play to play, and worrying about the booze and, you know, getting down on themselves. So I just think that this is going to be a trend that we see, and that's why I kind of like them this week in Pittsburgh. I think you might be onto something uh, that they are going to be road warriors. So looking ahead to this Pittsburgh game on Monday Night Football, uh, two zero and three teams going at it, which Oof. just man, Monday Night Football this year has been brutal. Buzzes, girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse you. What a great reference. <laughs> what a great obscure reference for you to, to pull out, man. So if you look at Monday Night Football over the last over the season, you had Denver and Oakland, which oh. ugh. Uh, then you had Cleveland at the Jets, which, you know, whatever. The the Browns played well, but it was also the third string quarterback for the Jets in that game. And but it's also a matchup that if you're thinking traditionally over right. the last you you know, ten to fifteen Browns, years, you're Jets. thinking, Oh, those are two Awful team. And now you got 0-3 Cincinnati heading to 0-3 Pittsburgh. Uh, is it, it's like Monday Night Football is becoming the new Thursday Night Football, where it's just garbage football that's being played. That can't even be flexed out of. <laughs> it's all You're set just, in stone. You got it. Here's the NFL. Take it or and, leave it. And they've got to hype it up. I mean, no matter what, those promos come out for Monday Night Game, no matter what, and they're trying to get you excited about them. It's like, it's a real hard sell when you've got two 0-3 teams. It should just be... Uh, 
like the boxing announcer is just like somebody's always got to go and that's it that's yeah. the whole promo for this one <laughs> they'd be better off leaning into it it's like it's two crap teams tonight somebody's got to win or maybe they'll tie stick around to find is out that, tonight on monday night football. is that the worst case scenario for the nfl is the Bengals and steelers tie on monday night football i think that would be beautiful i think there'd be just poetry like, one of these 0-3 teams have got to change that tonight. Ah, uh, crap. They <laughs> tied. 6-6. Six to six. Well, see you next week, sports fans. <laughs> uh, well, let's, let's see what we can figure out in this game. So, looking at uh, how the Steelers have done this year, they got blown out by the Patriots in Week 1. That was a game that everybody thought the Steelers were at least going to be competitive in, and they were not. They're, I mean, they didn't even show up in that game. And then we've got two common opponents and i know that's not the best way to kind of judge how a team's going to do but but it's the only thing we have well right? and i mean you can kind of glean something from it especially the more the more recent one uh i also think that it's you know you've got to factor in the the ben situation and you know you got mason rudolph in there now who now has one start under his belt so that'll be different but Having watched, the I was going to say so. So the you 49ers, saw them play the 49ers. And, and 49ers did everything they could to try to lose that game. Five turnovers, four in the first half, and I mean the defense played well, but just in general on offense they were awful. Um, and then you know they made enough plays to win the game. Um, you know Mason Rudolph looked like what you would expect, though. A guy starting his first yeah. NFL game. Deer in headlights. I mean, he had moments where you could see maybe things were clicking, but overall, you know, for having five turnovers, you think there's no way a team's going to lose that game, but they still well, did. Well, and that's what's crazy. So you take away those five turnovers, and the Niners likely blow out the Steelers. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you have a blowout loss for the Steelers against the Niners, a blowout loss for the Bengals against the Niners, mm-hmm. and then the other common opponent is Seattle. And both teams played, played Seattle pretty well. Pretty well. Like, right. and one the, on the road, one at home. Right. That was that's what I was going to say. The difference being the mm-hmm. the Steelers were at home for that game, right. uh, whereas the Bengals made the trip across the country to to put up that fight. So I feel like this is going to be one of those games I, that I think this sets toss up it up. I know. I think this sets up perfectly for the Bengals because if they play better on the road, there's less expectations. They're not sitting here all day Monday. You know, the city buzzing about it being Monday Night Football. They're in Pittsburgh. You get, you're going up against Mason Rudolph. They, they've knocked on the door of these two road games, you know, coming up just short of getting the victory. This is ripe for them to get to, to finally kick that door in and get their first victory because, I mean, the Steelers looked pretty good on defense. I'll give them that against the Niners. They, they did come to play on defense, but they're just not the same Steelers team. And no matter how you shake it out, it's Mason Rudolph at quarterback. I mean, it just, is. But what scares not... me is Connor at running back because the Bengals have shown they can't stop the running game. Look, like, look at the numbers, though. Look at Joe. Get the numbers up because I, I thought you, you, I was worried about James Connor being a factor in this game. Not only was he not a factor, I also looked it up after the game. He hasn't been a factor through the first before that either. Like he so far this season, Connor hasn't gotten it going yet either. And, right, I think, and that's fair. I think that's for, fine. I think that. Part of the reason is, especially this past week, is, all right, James Conner. Well, we'll just lock him down. Mason Rudolph, beat us. 
And that's what the Bengals have to do. The Bengals they, have to say, "You're right." Mason they do Rudolph, have to. Yeah. If you, if the Steelers are going to win this game, then Mason Rudolph has to win. And I don't think that he's capable of doing that. Like, I just don't think that <laughs> it, you're asking the, the Mason, man in a Mason Rudolph ever versus... NFL start to win a Monday Night Football game. I just don't see it happening. Mason Rudolph versus the Bengals secondary. <laughs> that's. <laughs> but the but that's the thing though. The Steelers secondary they made that trade for Minka Fitzpatrick because their secondary was. Awful. They were getting torched, and they didn't look that much better against the Niners. The Niners were able to move the ball up and down the field. Then they, you know, shot themselves in the foot with a turnover. But the ease at which they were moving the ball, I mean, it's not – the Bengals can do something in this game. I think they can make enough plays to win. I – I would pick them to win by two field goals. I give them a six point advantage in this. Wow! And they're getting Even four though points. They're getting the four points, right? Yeah. I, I still think that they they should win by six. If Zach Taylor brings home this W against the Steelers, is he cementing his place as like the greatest Bengals coach? In well, I mean, the they wanted years. they wanted to build a statue for Marvin. They'll probably will build a statue for Zach Taylor the, on Tuesday. We beat Pittsburgh <laughs> like <that's>... on Monday <laughs> night. <laughs> They, oh, on Monday. That's true. The yeah. primetime curse is <laughs> Monday night. First win statue up on Tuesday. I think it's you coming. might be right. Uh, and you know what? In the statue, I would be happy to see him without a hat or or visor. I'd be okay with it. If he gets the W against Pittsburgh, I'm okay with it. Um, all right. So you've got the Bengals winning this one out. I do. I do. You're not even because I know in the show uh, in our, our regular uh, Wednesday night show, you actually picked the Bengals in our degenerate dartboard of doom. Right. Um, for the spread. You know, yeah. You had a plus four, four points. But I think regardless of that four points, they outright. win this game. By, I, and I got them. Like I said, I got to win by two field goals. I just feel like maybe I'm just a, that jaded fan where I, I just can't pull the trigger and say. I think it'll be a low scoring game. I think we're talking seven. Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, 9-3? <laughs> Are we going to see a 9-3 Monday Night Football game? No, I, I, but I think it's going to be like something like 9-17, you know, something something where you're just like, ooh, this is a throwback, but not in a good way. You know what's going to suck? Here's what's going to suck about this. Even if the Bengals do get the win, I think you're right. I think it'll be like a sloppy, low-scoring not even necessarily sloppy, just no offense. Nobody can do anything. Right, right. yeah. yeah nobody can do anything. Or, or people are turning the ball over and it's, sure. you know, whatever. Uh we're going to have to listen to like the national media just rag on. At least if you could say, well, at least we won it. Because that's what it that's all it's going to come down to is they're going to crap all over this game on Tuesday morning. So you better be the team that got the W on that. Sure. Because <laughs> yeah. if you're the one that lost that that awful game, you're going to have a really crappy the week. The good thing, if you're the Bengals in that situation, everybody expects you to lose these That's games. That's true. So the Steelers <laughs> are going to take exponentially more crap for losing this game than the Bengals would. Like, it'll be if – the, if the Steelers win a sloppy game, it'll be, well, gee, they came out with a victory, but here's why it was awful. If the Bengals do, it'll be – Wow, the Steelers are just really god awful. Like no matter yeah, what, the Bengals yeah, yeah. will be ignored for better or worse. <laughs> so just better off. I feel off better about this. That's no, I feel say, much better about better Tuesday morning. Coming out with a victory because Tuesday morning <laughs> I didn't want to listen to the radio at all on Tuesday. Uh, but now I feel better. Yeah, yeah one way or for... another, they're gonna be they're gonna be crapping on the Steelers. <laughs> You'll be fine. Smelling like roses, baby. <laughs> right, <laughs> Joe. What is your uh, take on this? You're a Browns fan. You've you've kind of watched the Bengals the last couple of weeks. Where do you think the state of this program is currently? They're in some trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at the division, they are in a little bit of trouble. Like, it started off where... Are they, though? Yes, I think so. (laughs) But I'm saying in in terms of 
Steelers are 0-3. They're on 3. Browns are 1-2. and And the Ravens are 2-1. and Like, they're not even that far out of it. That's a good point. But it feels <laughs> like, like they're farther away it, with, it does, with but the Ravens. It does, but numbers-wise, though, yeah, like, on paper, team-wise, skill-wise, yeah, they're definitely not close to the Browns or Ravens. Like, they're very far away. But when you look at the records, that's all that matters. I mean, they... Like, they're not out of the division picture. I mean, if they were the only 0-3 team in the division, then it's like, well, yeah, they're buried. Let's pull up the schedule and let's see what week we can officially count out the Bengals. (laughs) (laughs) Because looking ahead, so we've got the Steelers this week. uh, We're saying that's a winnable game. You got the Cardinals coming up after that. That's a winnable winnable game game too, right? So now you're sitting at two and three in the division, Mm -hmm. not looking too shabby because I think the Browns are going to still falter. The Steelers are going to be the Steelers. And then the the Ravens are probably going to put it together. The problem is then you hit the stretch of, oh God. Yep. Then you get, (laughs) then you're at Baltimore, uh, at home against Jacksonville, at home against the Rams, and then at home against Baltimore again. That's a string of probably all losses. So I feel, I feel like. You have to beat the Steelers. You have to beat the Cardinals. And then you're probably not seeing a win again until the middle of November when you travel to Oakland and play the Raiders. Which, that's your okay. next That's your next that's, chance that's to win, right? I was going to say, that's the next winnable game. And you could go two in a row there. And the Bengals-Rams game is going to be in London. Oh, it's a London game. Yeah, well, that, I, I feel like that, that game, no matter where the game is played, they're not winning that one or even have a chance. The Rams should win that one running away regardless of where that's played. So, I, I mean, but London it, it really so just much. London games are the worst. But, I mean, it really is just a, a block of games that you're like, you might as well just write them off for all of them. Then you've got, so then you've got the Raiders at home. The or I'm sorry, the Raiders away, the Steelers at home, and then the Jets at home. Those, those are, are three, three winnable games. I was gonna say those are then three winnable games. And then you've got the Browns, which who knows where the Browns are going to be at that point. The Patriots, forget about that one. But then you've got the Dolphins, and then the Browns. So maybe you could finish off with two wins. If they finish off the season with two wins, I feel like like those last two weeks. If you win those last two weeks, I think the city of Cincinnati will be. Ecstatic. Well, and look at if we break regardless it down of what happens. Like, well, but I'm saying like re- if we break it down like that, so we're saying like one, two, uh, maybe five. say three. Uh, we'll we'll say they split with the Steelers, so we're not going to give them Fair. both of them. Uh, four against the Jets. Split, split with split the with, Browns. Split with the Browns. So that's five. Uh, and then and Miami. The that's six. If this team six was and six and ten at the end of the year, how like how happy would you be? I mean, I, like, or better question is. How disappointed could you really be? No, based at that on, point, based at, on everything, if they finish out six and ten, I, I think everybody should be ecstatic. Now, with, I personally picked them to f- finish with four wins on the season, so you're only talking about a two game swing. It's not out of the realm of possibility the way they've played that you know six wins, if that's their ceiling, that's not a bad ceiling, and I I would say that's about as successful season as you could hope, and. We're assuming that all of those wins are like, anything could happen in those other games where it's right. like they win one or they lose one. Like somehow they could still get to yeah, those yeah. six wins. It might not be the way we've predicted, but they could still find themselves at that range regardless. So I, I feel like that's – I mean you got to get one first. So <laughs> Get that win, first one. I was going to say win this one against the Steelers and then we'll go from there. But I, I just feel like this team overall at the end of the year, people are going to look back and say – this was a good enough year, headed in the right direction, feel good, 
you know, let's see what happens in the offseason and go from there. I'm on board with that. I like it. Yeah. Let's talk about a team that's not uh, heading in the right direction. One that is really struggling. That's my red legs. Been a while since we heard that call. That's uh, right, Marty. And uh, we may well, not. Here's may not thing. hear it again. <laughs> it, we might not. Okay. That's so Marty Brenneman at the time that we are recording this, uh, Marty will be calling his final game tomorrow, uh, Thursday against the Brewers. It's a day game. There's been a whole hubaloo made of Marty retiring. It's a, a big deal. Everybody's sad. And there's people uh, writing letters and audio clips, thanking Marty <laughs> for everything he's done. Maybe it doesn't hit me as hard because I didn't grow up here. And I understand Marty has been calling Reds games for 46 years. Damn near a third of the franchise's existence. Mm -hmm. He's been uh, the radio guy. I just can't get into baseball on the radio. I can't do it. Really? Yes. I I listened to probably, it wouldn't be half. But uh, of the Braves games, just because, you know, my children these days take over the TV or whatever, I would say I listen to about a third of the games on the radio for one reason or the other. And, I mean, I, it's baseball. Like, I don't <laughs> – So the funniest part is I can't listen to any other sport on the radio, but baseball – that's what, something about it that's just But see, that's what kills me. So baseball – and I, I, I know everybody is tying this to the nostalgia aspect and they grew up listening to Marty and their their dad listened to Marty and their grandpa listened to Marty and it's you know right. this thing they – when they were little, they used to listen to it with their dad and grandpa and it was a big thing. But man, baseball needs to sever the ties with these nostalgic aspects of the game. That's what's holding baseball back as a sport. Like I think the more that guys like Marty retire, the more the sport can then say, okay, now it's time to move forward with something else. Oh, I don't think you're wrong on that. I'm just saying there's this certain sense of that's, I don't know. I, it's hard to describe. Like, I, I mean, cause I think I put Marty in the same class as Vin Scully. I mean, Whoa, we're just really? like a legendary voice of a team that, you know, transcends like the game. I mean, it's just like, People know Marty who don't care anything about the Reds. People know – I mean, I would listen to Vin Scully when the Braves would go to Atlanta or would go to L.A. because it's Vin Scully. Right, but the, that's – see, that's kind of crazy because I never really – like I put Marty on this pedestal of you're an icon in Cincinnati. Sure. I put him on this pedestal of you're probably pretty well known in the NL among NL Central teams, this, but I never really put him on that pedestal of like Vin Scully this, level. This season has confirmed me. I had thought it before. I, I like granted Vin Scully, you know, is still above him in my my perspective, but I definitely thought he's in that same like he's sitting at the same table, like. Vin Scully is at the head of the table, but he's at the same table. And then this season, with everything that's happened and the way Major League Baseball has treated it and all the the hullabaloo or whatever word you use to describe it, <laughs> whatever <laughs> weird word. I, I, I wanted to call you out about that before, but whatever. Hullabaloo? Uh, yeah. Hullabaloo? Baloo? Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo. Anyway, uh, that, uh, you know, that he's definitely in that class. And so it's a big deal, you know, passing. Like, there are. Only a few of these guys in baseball history, and he's one of the last ones standing. So it's you know it's a big deal. It's a big deal that it's it's coming to an end. I feel like 
and and I'm the type of guy. But you aren't. Yeah, I mean, you aren't wrong in that baseball does need to get away from it's these type of to, guys. Right. It's yes. time to like because it definitely on ties to, them to an era where baseball was king of the world that no longer exists. Exactly. <laughs> it's time to to get a fresh perspective in where it's like, okay, Marty has been doing the same thing for 46 years. Granted, he does it very well. Right. And I love that he will call out the manager. He'll call out a player. He says flat out somebody made a stupid play on the base paths. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't mince words. That's been my favorite part about Marty forever is his honesty. I always – my favorite is when you can – pinpoint a moment where marty catches himself from swearing over somebody doing something <laughs> stupid like yeah. you just picture your grandpa just be like you friggin friggin burger. <laughs> like those moments are are amazing to me uh but it, we are at the point now where it's like okay baseball is a dying sport i feel like baseball on the radio is dying even rapidly even more rapidly than baseball is dying in general so Let's get somebody else in there who can do something different, fresh perspective. I just think sure. of like Brock Meyer and like when they bring in the new guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, yeah. get rid of that. We're going to bring He's in the, the same new guy. He is the same mold. He is, he is Brock, Brock Meyer. Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's finally hanging it up. So uh, cheers, Marty. That's the other thing that upsets me. Okay. What's up? People are posting on social media like these congratulations and thank yous to Marty Brenneman. He'll never see them. Yeah. Yeah, He'll never see them. And I'm reading all these posts in like Reds groups and fangers where they're like, Marty, you don't know what you've done for me growing up. And it's like, he still doesn't know because he ain't reading this post. (laughs) He's not scrolling through message boards or on Twitter. You know, he, he's not atting anybody. Yeah. No, that's, that's very, that's a very good point. All of these heartfelt tributes are going unseen. On the plus side, though, for the Reds, they can't lose 90 games. If they lose the rest of their That's games, right. all four, they only end up with 89 losses. That's right. Oh, we've we've hit the that uh, plateau. Good for them. <laughs> hit that magic number. <laughs> we hit the magic number. Won't lose 90, baby. <laughs> There's a game against Milwaukee tomorrow at the time that we record this. Likely uh, Milwaukee wins that one, and then you have three in Pittsburgh. Here's the other thing about this. Is the series to watch. Two teams who have nothing to play for, but will they throw down for the third time this year? Would it be good for baseball to just, like, when you get to it at, like, that series, that it's just like, eh, don't even – we're not even going to – don't even play the games. It doesn't matter. These games are completely pointless. Don't even worry about it. I want want to tune in for this. Like, the Braves are firmly in the playoffs, so they're just resting, guys. It's like if there was any reason to watch baseball this weekend (laughs) – What's going to happen in the Pirates? There was does, impact. Does no Puig make it so that they don't? Like, uh, you know. No, Amir Garrett's still on the team. So sure, he may but I'm saying, like, how much. I was going to say, how much of the bad blood is related to, to Puig and, and, like, I don't know. I just, in general, like, is there still enough blood here to <laughs> to get another spark going? Or, or are they just going to, you know, all, both limp into the offseason? No, and it's, call it a, they're call absolutely going to limp into the offseason. <laughs> it's just going to be, uh, whatever. Sonny Gray had surgery today to, to repair some uh, issues in his elbow that he's been dealing with all year long, which is amazing to me. That dude had, like, floating particles in his elbow and <laughs> still managed to be an ace on a staff. It's absolutely crazy uh, that he goes and does that. I feel like the rest of the pitching staff needs to just bash their elbows for a while and get some floating <laughs> particles for next year. Uh, but it, it had no impact on him. And then David Bell came out and said, 
he had the surgery today and he's going to be fine by spring training. So he's shouldn't see any fall off from gray, right. uh, any lingering effects from that. And then Suarez is the other big story from the Reds, uh, setting the record for, for third baseman <laughs> for home run for third baseman. Uh, it blows my mind in the national league. Yeah, we talked about it last week, insane. how Suarez has been so quiet with like no adulations for what he's done this year. Uh, and he ends up setting that record for third <laughs> baseman's. It's, Absolutely crazy to me. Uh, I mean, it's it's crazy. It's it. I I don't know really how to explain the the whole thing because even even as he sets it, it's like it's a it's a footnote. It's like, right. oh yeah, by the way, National <laughs> League record for third baseman uh, home runs. And if you you know if you started before today or before he set this record, <clears throat> if you, if somebody asked you who has the record. You know, you start thinking about uh, Mike Schmidt or, you know, even a former Red slash Philly, you know, like Scott Rowland. Right, Maybe right. He's, he had a, a lot of years there where he was hitting a lot of home runs. I mean, you know, Chipper Jones, he had mm, 40. That's who I would have gone with. Couple, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of guys. I mean, Vinny Castillo when he was in Colorado. It's like, nope, Eugenio Suarez is now your record holder <laughs> in the National League. What? He's, that's that's he crazy. He will likely man. hit fifty. Suarez is at forty nine right now. He's got four games left. He's and probably going to hit fifty. Quietest fifty home runs. I was going to say major league history. If we <laughs> said at the beginning of the year, Sonny Gray is going to ball out and be an ace <laughs> on the staff, Suarez is going to hit 50, fifty and get a hundred and five RBIs. You would think this team is I just hunting said, in the wild card. I was just going to say. I was like. At the very least, I thought, well, they're in the wild card hunt all year, right? <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> and Joe brings up the same stat that he did last week and highlights the number two RBI guy on this team. It's still is, Puig. It's still Puig. <laughs> Puig is still number two in RBIs on this team. He hasn't been on the team for months. And he's 40 behind <laughs> Suarez. Like, 40. The next closest guy is on another team and is 40 behind. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> oh, it's so terrible what this team did to us this year. It's, it's so paper that Aquino, who has only played for a couple of months, is, is in the top yeah. is in the top five. He's only two behind Votto in RBIs. <laughs> your your two hundred and fifty oh, million dollar man is only two ahead of a guy who only played the two months. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, when you break it down, it's real sad. It's super real sad. sad. This team, there is so much that this team could have accomplished if just everybody else did just a little just bit a little more. Bit, yeah. Just a little bit more. That's all you needed from this. And that is that is the most frustrating part uh, about this this whole season. The the record in one-run games, the fact that like these guys just didn't perform what they were supposed to kills me. Do you think that the lower and inconsistent stats just comes off of them not playing a straight lineup every day? Like they rotated people around and sat a lot and made them play and didn't, called them up, brought them down. Do you think that's why you have the vast majority of disparity? In I mean, uh, there's there's something to be said about that, but I feel like those guys – like. Suarez and Votto are the two that need to be it, and and honestly I think this falls on Votto. If Votto had performed what uh, Votto is supposed falls to do, on Votto. yeah, if Votto performed where he was supposed to, and you have him coming up with forty home runs and a hundred RBIs, 
there's a difference right there. Well, you know, I was going to say, because you make the point of, well, if you said Sonny Gray was going to do this and Suarez was going to do that, you'd think, oh, well, they'll be in a pretty good spot. But then let me also tell you that, oh, Joey Votto is only going to have uh, 40-some RBIs, 55 right. RBIs. Like, they, they, then you're like, oh, no, wait. That probably means that they're screwed. Because if Joey Votto is right. underperforming to that level, then, yeah, they've got no chance. And that's that's what exactly what happened. Like, you can't have it where your most expensive player on the roster just completely issues the bed. I don't want to be one of those fans that's like, Votto's got to hit home runs. Votto's got to hit home runs. Oh, Votto no, has no, no. to. Votto has to perform. Is no, what he has no, to no. do. Votto just. I was gonna say Votto just has to be Votto. His game right. has never been. Has never really been home runs. He's a guy who hits right. for high average. Yes, he hits his fair share of home runs, but that's you know that's just a part of the game that comes because he he's such a good hitter. But when you're he's if he's not hitting above 300 and knocking in over 100, then you're probably in some trouble. Is there trouble. anybody on the team that hit over 300 this year? There's nobody on the in the lineup that hit over 300. Yeesh. Dude, that is unreal. I know we're in a different time where batting average doesn't mean as much, but you always have one guy. You've got to have somebody like, There's always over one guy who's, you know, even at 301 or whatever, like very lowest 300 you can get. But even if it's just a, a guy who doesn't hit for – for any power. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, is, it's just a, like you're looking at that and you're like, well, this is a recipe for the season that they had. Right. I mean, it's, that's but, how you, but how do you here. improve on this? Because it, at some point it's like, these guys are who, who they perform as. This is, this isn't like this was a, a, a random thing. This was an entire season of work here. Well, it's not the, a small sampling size. This is the entire season. And this well, is and where the, we're at. The most troubling part is, well, this is what you've gotten from, Vado now two years in a row like this decline it's not this isn't this wasn't a one-off last year people were like well he could bounce back he didn't and you're like well he's not getting any younger right this is basically what you can expect he's on the downside but he's still making the most money so i mean i don't i don't know what they can do to improve i mean outside of trades and i don't know you know what they've got Asset wise, that anybody would want, not much. That's uh, that's kind of where we're <laughs> so at. So <laughs> it just uh, it's like you're going into next year and you're looking at it like they're probably not going to spend money. So you know the the free agent game isn't going to be. You know, they'll they'll probably just make modest pickups, just you know whatever pickups. And unless you say that, but this is also the trade. team that made the the all of the noise last off season. No, no, no. I know so, they did, but it was all predicated on trades. And right, so this year right. you're looking at it in the standpoint of. What do they have to trade? Because they traded everything right, they had right. they last don't have, year. Yeah. So this year, what can you do, really? Like, you're kind of hamstrung because you've got Vado tied in. You've got Suarez. You, the pitching staff is set. But how else can you make the lineup any better other than hoping guys just figure it out? Hit the damn ball. <laughs> Hit the freaking ball. <laughs> that's it. I mean, you're, you're literally just hoping for in-house improvement. And that's, that's a tough sell. A very tough sell. Um, I want to talk a little UC football before we get out of here this week. Let's get into the Bearcats uh, and that beautiful cheer. <laughs> <laughs> As Xavier guys, literally be saying anything every time. (laughs) Every time we play that, 
UC coming off the bye week. They are traveling to Huntington, West Virginia this week, playing Marshall. Uh, I believe they're a two and a half point favorite on the road this week. Um, this is a game I feel like UC should win. Uh, the only thing that I'm worried about is that they're looking ahead to UCF. No, that's just the exa- only. <laughs> that's the this absolute, is a classic trap right. game right here, uh, where. Well, maybe the the fact that UCF lost kind of you know. it does take some luster off of that game, right? After it's UCF. not. I mean, not saying that Cincinnati still won't be looking ahead because they're still a ranked opponent, and so it's still one of the best teams they'll play all well, year. Well, and it's still the the number one team in the conference, so right? It's still a team exactly. that you. It's a and it's your your conference opener. Like that's sure. The, so you really have like there, a, there's they, no lack of reasons that they will get up for this game, but I mean it. Just trying to play devil's advocate, it's like oh, it takes just a little bit off because they're not coming in undefeated and this you know powerhouse that they've been recently. I'm so. hoping that Fickle has used this bye week. Sorry, I got beer that I'm, I'm all hiccuping. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping that Fickle has used this bye week to like focus everybody in on Marshall. Sure, because you've got Absolutely. you can only win the games that are in front of you. So you got to go in. You got to beat Marshall. And then set that up for this matchup for UC- with UCF at night, at home, big stakes on Friday night, uh, and, and get pumped for that game after you win this one. Sure, and I think they – I feel like they will. I mean, nobody likes having a bye that early on their schedule, but it it comes at a good point when you're looking at the way that's set up to where it's like, all right, you've got this whole week to focus on right. this one opponent rather than having the game last week and then having to quickly transition. They've spent two weeks paying attention to just Marshall, and so I feel like that benefits them to not get ahead of themselves and go looking at UCF. So I, I feel like they'll handle their business in this one and, and keep the the momentum that Fickle has kind of built up here in the last season and a half marshall is a team that racks up a lot of yards they're uh they've got 434 total yards per game this year hasn't that always kind of been marshall's mo just yep high they, flying and offense. they give up a lot yeah, I was gonna say, they, they, they don't really play much existence. they go big 12 style defense baby <laughs> where it's just like yeah uh, you you're gonna score 50 we're scoring 51 how about yeah, that right. uh, <laughs> so i feel like this sets up really well for uh for uc um, the the big the number that's kind of scary though is Marshall is scoring thirty two points per game where UC is only averaging nineteen point seven. That's a disparity. However, look at the level of I was uh, say, who they the, played. The, the, UC's the got Ohio State playing. on that right on that schedule where Marshall has not played anybody near Ohio State. Um, they did play Boise State pretty tough. Uh, got, lost and, 14, and imagine seven. that they've got held to seven points in that game, but they also held Boise State to fourteen. So that's odd. That's very odd. That, <laughs> that's, that's weird. Gonna, that's, weird for both sides, but I, I, I think I, I like. I UC feel like UC game. wins this yeah. one. Uh, like I said, especially it's coming off be, the bye week, I, we're looking at probably a twenty-four, twenty-one game, something like that. Where like UC's so not going to blow. They don't the cover because it wasn't two and a half. It's three and a half. Okay, yeah. So now. so UC I, doesn't cover, but they get the dub. Yeah, I, I, but I think we're I'm looking more at with that mid twenties for both teams. I can't wait for next week. We gotta we gotta get our boys at scout team. Because yeah. we got UC versus UCF coming right. up next week, we got to get something going for that game, and it's actually kind of funny because I think FC Cincinnati plays Orlando on Sunday, so we can really get so some... Friday. It's UC UCF, and then Sunday. It's I think it Orlando. starts this coming Sunday. 
oh, is okay. FC so Sunday versus and then the following yeah, yeah. Friday. And okay. then, yeah, and then the following Friday. Well, so, you have the tradition. I don't want to step on your toes of losing bets to them. For, I will do that. I will, I will so do that's that all you. as that's I normally all you. do. But I mean, I'm down to do something for the, the football matchup because, <laughs> you know, I feel more confident in that than I ever will in some FC. I don't feel confident at all. Yeah, it is. It's the, the 29th against uh, Orlando SC. So there you go. We got we've got Craft Brew Sports versus Scout Team Radio week coming this up here. Is, yeah, it's homecoming <laughs> week for us. We're calling you out, Scout Team Radio. Here we go. Get some. Uh, this has been a really fun show, man. We um, it's great. We really broke down that Bengals game a little bit more than I thought we were going to. They're getting this dub. I'm confident they got this win this week. I hope so, man, because I can't take another week watching an L. I can't take it. Well, I certainly can't because I need them to win because I'm sick of throwing at this stupid board. <laughs> I just, I really am. If you want to know what Scott's talking about and you haven't checked out our Wednesday night show, be sure to follow us on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at Craft B Sports. Uh, we do weekly picks where the loser has to throw to dartboard and there's punishments involved and it's amazing. So be sure to check out that show. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Craft B Sports. You can follow Scott at Scotty K underscore Junior. Follow me at Mike Burlon. Follow Joe at Joe Goalie Four. If you guys have any smoking hot Cincinnati takes, leave them on our drunk line four four zero thirty seven drunk Mets, if you will. Oh, <laughs> all right. I like that. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Cheers, everybody. See ya. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.